Hi, CityCast listeners. Even before the pandemic, anxiety was rising among kids and teens. And now, the Uvalde shooting has caused lots of Texas families to fear for their kids' safety. Today, we're talking about back-to-school anxiety with mother Wafa Tayam and with child psychologist Melissa Goldberg-Mintz, author of the upcoming book, Has Your Child Been Traumatized? How to Know and What to Do to Promote Healing and Recovery. It's Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Melissa and Wafa, thanks for joining us. I remember both as a kid and as a mom that going back to school always sort of was both like exciting and a little scary. And in the last few years since the pandemic and the Uvalde shooting, it feels to me like things have gone into hyperdrive. I've been hearing from a lot of parents who either say their kids are anxious or the parents themselves are anxious. So Wefa, how do you feel? You have two kids? I have two kids. They go to school um, down the street from my house and we're very active in the PTO there. And even with that, even with knowing the ins and outs of that school, we are absolutely nervous sending our kids back. And after the shooting, it was a very nervous time and you could feel it in our energy in the neighborhood. Yeah. Melissa, do you see that in your practice or you're hearing it from parents and children? Yes, absolutely. So to echo what you said at the start of our conversation, um, kids and parents uh, have long been nervous about the return to school uh, every year. It's a big adjustment for everybody. Um, and especially in the context of Uvalde, uh, parents are really nervous about sending their kids back to school. Um, so I'm seeing that a lot in my practice. With kids, um, I'm not seeing that as much. I'm seeing a lot of the sort of typical return to school anxiety, worries about, you know, am I going to be able to handle the workload, worries about friends, romantic relationships, that sort of thing. But certainly uh, a lot of anxiety from parents about sending their kids back to school after the increase in school shootings. Yeah. So what are you feeling any of that? I have heard from mothers who are doing things like buying tiny kindergarten sized backpacks that are bulletproof. Um, are you doing anything like that? Are your friends? We are not doing that. We are uh, having very open conversations about our with our kids about their safety. Mm-hmm. We've told them, you know, if your teacher instructs you to do something and she says it's a drill or it's not a drill, you're supposed to just do it, right? So, but also if you feel that it's not safe, you can do something else. And we've had very open conversations with them about their safety. Um, we are not doing anything extraordinary at all. Um, I will admit that after Uvalde, I felt like our whole neighborhood was biking over to the school or just kind of circling the school. Um, and I do feel a comfort that they are so close to me. Um, but there is just the nervousness of them going back in light of everything that has happened. When your neighborhood was, was circling, were they just checking on the school? They were just checking on the school, just circling. There were a lot of parents out those last three days that we were in school after Uvalde. In your practice, are you seeing kids who are struggling with anxiety? I keep hearing that 
children and teenagers are more stressed out and anxious than, you know, say five years ago. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, what I'm seeing the most in terms of mental health symptoms in our kids uh, is social anxiety. So I think that, um, you know, the pandemic has been going on for a long time. Um, and at the start, with so many of our kids in virtual school um, and just having less social contact, some of those muscles for socialization kind of atrophied. Um, and the worst thing we can do for social anxiety is just not have regular social interactions. Uh, it, you know, it makes anxiety worse. And what makes anxiety better is having that type of social exposure. Um, but for our kids who just really aren't getting those types of interactions, uh, you know, they forget how to do some of it and it becomes scary for them. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I've seen a lot of social anxiety with younger kids. I've seen a ton of separation anxiety, so just more clinginess. This is, the pandemic has been going for most of their lives with the really little ones. Right. Wafa, your kids, most of their school careers have been mm -hmm. in the pandemic. Do you, do you see, you know, interactions on the playground that make you think that the kids are sort of a little stiffer than they used to be? or Well, I feel like when they went back to school that initial time in October, um, it was a weird time for them. And I know that they had a lot of anxiety. I know that my oldest, who is very anxious in general, uh, she puts a lot of pressure on herself. And I feel like she struggled a little bit more. Um, and then my kindergartner, who... Most of her schooling was during the pandemic as well. I mean, she struggled a lot with being in the classroom, um, but we've worked through that. We do have a great street where a lot of kids will play together. They get to flex those social muscles. Um, but in the beginning, I did see the struggle. I did see the struggle of formal education in the classroom and the struggle of just anxiety in general. Um, for us, it was just, being there, we could get sick. I mean, they've heard a lot of bad germs and we've tried to shield them away from all of that. But, you know, COVID was a scary time for everyone. You're an epidemiologist. Can I just break in and say that? Yes. Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> okay. So does that mean that this is like dinnertime conversation in your house? Um, it was more open. It was more open. Uh -huh. um, and we had a lot of questions from a lot of people in the beginning. And a lot of neighbors were yeah. stopping by to ask questions. Neighbors who had new babies, new neighbors who had elderly family. Um, so it was definitely a more open conversation. And then, you know, I don't practice um, epidemiology at like the greater public health level. I practice it at NASA, so it's a little bit smaller, but um, it is my field of work. And so I was able to talk it. Um, and they heard a lot of that conversation. Yeah. So that's something that, yeah. you know, as parents of younger children who didn't understand for a long time, they understand now and they are listening. And that's something as parents were working on shielding them a little bit. Um, you know, with the shootings, they did hear from it at school and we did have open conversation. It's, and we do continue to have open conversations, but again, shielding is something that we're working on. Melissa, what sorts of general advice do you have for parents who are dealing with these sorts of things? Sure, absolutely. 
So my number one uh, piece of advice is uh, for parents to be mindful of their own anxiety and how that might be impacting their kids. Uh, So uh, for kids of all ages, but really particularly for young children, um, if they pick up on your feelings, you know, they're so attuned to us as parents. And um, if you're feeling nervous, chances are they're going to pick up on that. Um, and they're not just going to notice it, but then they're going to have these thoughts. Oh, oh, this is maybe something I should be nervous about, too. Uh, so that's why the number one piece of advice I have is to just be mindful of your own anxiety. That is that's not easy. Right. <laughs> Easier said than done. Totally agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I'll add I'm an anxious parent myself. So I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I think that some of the things you're already doing are so wonderful. So um, one thing I recommend in terms of managing anxiety related to going back to school is to get involved with the school and join the PTO, which I heard you said you're already involved with. So I think that is incredible. Um, But really, any ways you can get involved with the school um, is terrific because when you're more familiar with it, you're not just building things up in your mind. And if you do notice an issue, particularly with safety, you'll be in a position to do something about it, at least more so than um, if you weren't involved. But in addition to the PTO, you know, I tell parents sometimes get involved politically. Uh, You know, it can feel so paralyzing to just sit with your anxiety sometimes. And of course, there's a time and a place for sitting with our feelings and also uh, a time and a place for getting involved and and trying to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the PTO has appeased my concerns or has helped alleviate the concerns um, because I do know that in the workings of the school, we are involved in being inside of the school and it has helped, you know, it also I understand the budget of the PTO and I know that we have room for security. And so I hope that that is something that we are working towards. And that is something that I will continue to bring up through our PTO meetings, because that is, you know, I think that's important to us in this neighborhood. Wonderful. I think that, I mean, I just think that is the best thing you can do. In addition to that, um, so we'll talk about this probably a little bit later in terms of how to support your children. Um, But for parents, too, like when we're struggling with those feelings of nervousness or anxiety, um, talk about them so that you don't feel so alone with them. So for some people, um, all this might mean is talking to your friends about it. Um, For other parents, uh, starting your own therapy might be helpful. Uh, But what's really hard when you have those feelings is feeling like you're alone with them and connecting to other people and being able to share that experience makes a world of difference. Well, that makes sense. So let's talk now about kids' anxiety. Leva, are you yeah. seeing your kids? Are they just excited to go back and see their friends? Or is there a little nervousness in there this year? No, they're just excited. They're they're excited to be in the classroom. They're excited to meet their teachers in a couple weeks or a week now. Um, yeah, they're just excited, normal children. Um, <sighs> but they also just enjoy other kids. So it's normal stress. It's about a cool notebook and a cool shirt. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, they have asked questions um, this summer about shooters and shooting and guns and death. And if you can, after you, you know, encounter a shooter, can you still live? And so those are questions, you know, that 
I don't even realize they had inside of them. So we've been answering some questions and talking to them about death and, you know, just being very open and, but I don't think they have anxiety in terms of going back to school. Yeah. So Melissa, this does not sound like someone who would come to you as a child psychologist who is, <laughs> has a child who is abnormally nervous. This sounds right. Perfectly. Absolutely. Normal and average. How can you tell the difference between a kid who is, you know, sort of normally anxious? I think Wef is like a really clear cut case. I can tell this one. Mm -hmm. And a kid who should be seeing a professional who should be getting some help. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that is what we want. We want our kids to be able to come to us with the questions that they have because they do have questions, just like your kids' questions. So many kids have those exact same questions. And if they don't feel like they can come to you for honest answers, they're going to turn to other people. They're going to Google it and get who knows what response from the internet. They're going to talk to their friends about it. And, you know, who they're probably not the most informed about it as like young kids. Um, and Lisa, to your other question, so my guideline for that is, um, is it interfering with their day to day life? So maybe they're feeling a little bit nervous, but it, you know, they're still having get togethers with friends and having a great time and it's not interfering with their sleep and they're still eating well and doing well in school. Um, you know, if they're nervous, it, it is still helpful to talk about their feelings and to have the space for that. And um, when I advise parents to get their kid connected with a therapist is when we're seeing those sorts of things. So their anxiety is keeping them up at night and they're not able to fall asleep or, you know, they are eating a lot more to cope with some of those feelings or eating less. So really any major changes that are different from baseline um, as we approach the return to school, then I think it could be really helpful even to just have a one-time consultation with a therapist and see how your kid responds to that. Yeah. So is there anything that, Wefa, that you're doing to get ready for that first day back to school that's a little different or special this year? Anything you'd recommend? We have had an initial um, PTO meeting just to get ready for school. Um, and if we're going to bring it back to the Uvalde shootings, uh, we have spoken about a security guard. We have one that patrols the whole entire neighborhood. We want someone a little bit more dedicated to the school. And we want to make sure that the front office is following the protocols for letting guests in um, in terms of security. You know. Melissa, is there anything that you would advise parents who are thinking about sending their kids back for the first day? Yeah. So, um, gosh, something I love that I think is good for nervousness about any type of adjustment is just making the space for your kids to express their feelings. Um, you know, so uh, what I love is something like a check-in you know, maybe around the dinner table or maybe as you're tucking your kid into bed. That's a, a great time for that to sort of come out and for you to pick up on it. Uh, so as we talked about earlier, feelings are so much harder to regulate when you feel like you're the only one feeling this way. So that's why normalizing feelings is so great. So, you know, if your child says, I am just really scared that I'm not going to be able to keep up with the workload. Um, instead of saying like, oh, no, you're smart, you'll be fine, which, of course, like many well-intentioned parents do, uh, it might be more helpful to say something like, oh, gosh, I know so many kids are feeling nervous about that right now. You're in good company. 
Um, something like that could be uh, really helpful for just letting your kid know that they're not alone and struggling with those feelings. Um, uh, and, you know, in terms of validation, so just thinking along those lines of it makes sense that my child is feeling that way. You know, maybe they've heard stories from older kids about the workload in the next grade that they're going to be entering and, and that they feel worried about that. So um, just really trying to understand what your child is feeling and communicate that to them, that you understand and that it makes sense that they're feeling that way. All right. Well, thank you both so much. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. This has been wonderful. That was Wafa Tayam and Melissa Goldberg Mintz. We will have links to Melissa's new book, Has Your Child Been Traumatized? in our show notes. Now, I am here with CityCast Houston's new producer, Carlyon Jones. Carly, what else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. Kiddos all over are gearing up to go back to school. And as excited as the kids might be, the teachers seem to be feeling the opposite. That's according to a poll done by the Texas State Teachers Association that stated that more than 70% of teachers are considering not returning next year. So basically, more than half of the teachers in Texas want to quit. Now, this is a big jump from the survey that was done in 2018, where the numbers were about 53%. Many of the teachers are saying the reason they want to quit is because of pandemic-related stress, finances, a lack of support from parents, and even the pressure they feel from state lawmakers. Governor Abbott did try to address this issue by creating a task force earlier this year to try and find solutions. But unfortunately, there are still thousands of teaching positions that need to be filled across the state. That's it for our show today. We are picking up lots of new listeners, and some of y'all may not realize that CityCast Houston has a five-day-a-week newsletter. It's pretty great. It's by newsletter writer Brooke Lewis, and you can sign up for it at houston.citycast.fm slash newsletter. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Talk with you then. I can't, whoever your mic is on. Oh. I muted it. There's. You're muted. Still muted. <laughs> ha! No. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of background noise in the house with the kids being home.